0: All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Cooksley Convo. This is your host, Canyon Cooksley. And uh, we're, we're winding down for season four. I didn't really know how I was going to end it uh, w- with guests. Uh, I was planning, you know, for these last two episodes to kind of go solo. But today, uh, a click in my head, I was having a, a conversation with my friend, you see here, Oscar. Uh, we were ha- we were talking, and I was just like, you know, let's just pause the talk and bring it to the podcast. I, I need an episode. You're very knowledgeable with with your sports history. You know, you you know sports. You you've played sports, uh, so you kind of been around the whole thing. So, Oscar, welcome into the podcast, and it- it's-, it's truly an honor.
1: Thanks, man. I'm really excited to uh to do this. It's not often that uh you get to have some. Some actually depthy conversations with sports that are they're, they're fun to get into, so I'm I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and that was the reason why I wanted to kind of bring this to the podcast format is because it can be recorded. You know, we were just talking over the phone. I was like, wait, 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 before we get you know say something that we're not going to remember down the road or something. Let's just record it and have it in the in the memory. So uh, this is will be released Sunday, and I wanted to hop bring you on here after the Bucks games that was tonight and today is. Wednesday I don't want to get my days yep. messed up today was Wednesday the first uh game of the Eastern Conference Finals um yesterday the Western Conference Finals their first game uh with the Suns coming out on top of crazy crazy finish with uh the Insane. what would they what'd they call it I don't even know what the, the I don't even know what they called it at the end the Valley oop or something I, they gave it <laughs> a, a Suns nickname but an alley-oop from the inbound play to close out the game to give the Suns a, a 1-0 lead against the Clippers, but Oscar, before we get into the the NBA kind of realm of of talk, let's kind of you know figure out you because I met you I, I don't know how many years back I want to probably say a couple years back uh, we were out, I came over I think we're going Mercy.
1: about three years ago now maybe yes maybe yes. three I, and a half
0: I, I came over to Mount Mercy uh, first time playing poker and I got hustled. Very badly, but um, you know, it's, it's, I, I shouldn't have gone in there blindly. But you were on the golf team at Mount Mercy, but originally, yep. you know, you're not from the states, you're, you're nope. from Australia, so kind of just talk about the Australia life growing up. It, what was like the first sports you were introduced to since this is kind of a sports podcast? What were the first sports you were introduced to as a kid? Uh,
1: first and foremost, uh, I think Australian football. Uh, was, was probably the first thing I started playing in like an actual team format at a very young age. And and the reason I, I'm, I know that was the first one is because you had to be a certain age to play football because it's a contact sport. And I was a big kid. Um, and I actually, because of my size, was able to, <laughs> they let me start a year younger than, uh, than you're meant to. Um, so that was first. And I still love uh, the AFL. I still uh, watch at very late hours, um, to support my team, the Richmond Tigers, who have had an awesome run. They they hadn't won a, a grand final since 1980, and as soon as I come to America, they won. They win three in four years, uh, so I was a little salty about that, but still found a way to celebrate back here. Um, then after footy uh, was basketball, and basketball has always been probably like my my main love of the sport but uh and I I was a pretty decent player but I hurt my uh my knee and during that period of time all I could play was golf uh because it was easy on my knee and uh I fell in love with it and uh I sort of just ran with it so I still played basketball on the side I also played volleyball and rugby and pretty much any sport I could get into I just loved it but uh but golf was from that moment on number one but I still, I just have a passion for sports and then coming here and learning NFL college football, it's been fun to, to see some new stuff too.
0: Sports really can, can define a person's character. That's something I've learned as similar to you. i tried to play every sport as possible as a kid, baseball. I I tried wrestling was horrible at it. I'm pretty sure after the first, first practice, my mom always tells me that, uh, after the first practice, when I was a little kid coming home from wrestling, I was like, I want to quit. I don't like, you know, I don't like sweating. I don't like, I'm always like, I, I'm always, I want to be like a clean, you know, I don't, I don't like to get dirty. I don't like to get bloody and, and wrestling kind of brought that element uh, <laughs> in, in sports. So I, I I was quickly out of wrestling, but basketball, baseball, American football, and then golf. I, I went out my senior year in in high school and that was a, that's a sport you know, when, when you get asked the question, what's the one thing you would change of your high school years And the top thing that comes to my mind is, is going out for golf all four years. Cause not only was my cousin, a very good golfer, not only were my, was my high school uh, returning state champs as a team, my cousin was an individual uh, a state champ and uh, actually Dylan Cress. you, you know, Dylan Kress who went, he, who went yeah. on to play golf at Mount mercy. Um, but that was one sport that I learned so much my my senior year. It's just like you gotta handle your inner demons because they come out on the golf course.
1: Yep, for sure, absolutely one of the most mental sports. What what's unique about it is uh is that walk in between shots. Say like basketball, you make a bad play, maybe turn it over, you straight into that next play. You might have five seconds to beat yourself up but if you hit a bad shot in golf you have five minutes between your next shot and that's why uh why it's 80 percent mental uh you just have so much time to really be harsh on yourself and it takes a lot to learn especially if you pick it up young and you go competitive and you're growing through that when you're immature um it, it it's one of the biggest challenges of the game for sure
0: yeah and one thing that was always hard for me was was you know teeing off. I I felt the eyes on me, you know, that's like the, Oh, you know, the kind of start of it. How good is this guy? You kind of show your, your worth when you tee off. Obviously only having, you know, going out there for my first year, it was like, this was a big moment for me. And I, I wasn't varsity, but I was that next man up. So there was always a chance that I could kind of fall into that six man kind of step up my role. And teeing off always got to me I, I always thought about it way too much more than I needed to, to think about it you know on the golf course during practices I would I would follow Jacob Hessner or or another classmate of mine and they would just tee the ball up and hit and I'm like why is it so easy for them but never for me and it's that mental aspect and then putting's the same way you're trying to read everything and if you overread, you don't want to overread, or you don't want to you know, underrated. I I don't know if I'm using the correct terminology of golf, but yeah. it, it it's just a a very interesting sport, and you kind of learn a lot. And even you know, you turn on the TV and you still catch that emotion of pro golfers golfers breaking their clubs or very upset and. It's just something yep. that I feel like no matter how old you get, you, you're still going to see that emotion and that's something different from, from other sports. Yeah. Cause like basketball, like football, you, you kind of got to go with the flow. If you airball a three, if you, if you make a bad pass, if you strike out, it's kind of like next play, you got to go right next play. It's not sit here. What do I do now? Oh God. Like the pressure's on me now. I already messed up. I can't make more fool of myself. And it's yep. just kind of, it, it trickles down.
1: Yeah, golf will do that, and you see it at every level from pros. Cam Smith, the uh, Australian at the U.S. Open just last weekend, snapped a club and threw it away over a cliff. Um, and then you'll see that on a on a Sunday at your average golf course too, from uh, from your thirty two handicapper. So it, it's so, it's a unique sport in that way that you can relate emotionally to those yeah. players.
0: The only golf that I can kind of. Control my emotions is, is mini golf or wee golf, but even <laughs> we wee golf. golf when when you you swing and you swing too hard and it does that like that curve where it's like it, you didn't hit it straight and you're just like, shit like ah, uh. and you know <laughs> you you lose to the CPU on we golf. <laughs>
1: yeah, me and my little brother used to have a lot of uh, we we golf on the PGA 2K game, but uh we used to have a lot of little tournaments in our basement back home. They were a lot of fun,
0: and I, I learned as a kid. I stayed away from golf, but bowling, you know, if you, if you held and you could like hold the ball up and then you would release it and then it would go straight. I kind (laughs) of, I thought I was like a, you know, a a cheat coder and I would always cheat in bowling. And then my sister would be like, Oh, how did you do that? And I'm like, you know, a magician never reveals secrets. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned golf, but then kind of, I I, I said that you you played golf at now in college, but from Australia to, to Iowa, how how mm-hmm. did you how did you get here? Were, what were the steps along the way? Was there another college that you went to that kind of, then you you transferred out of that college to go to Mount Mercy? Or kind of what was that process like from being out of country?
1: Um, so the process was, it was always a goal of mine uh, growing up. At first, like I said, with basketball, I always wanted to come and play basketball here, but then it turned to golf. But the the destination of American uh, for college sports was still a goal after graduating high school i took uh, i didn't go straight well i was enrolled in classes at a university but i didn't really go just a couple classes um and i just played a lot of golf and uh and i was trying to s- see what i can do with it there at that level um but it's expensive it's an expensive sport to tournament entry coaching, sports psychology, physical training. That's really expensive. And I thought this is a waste of money and time. I can get an education for a good plan B um, and play sport where they'll have the coaching and all of that for me here. So I just sent out probably a hundred emails to different schools. Um, my biggest problem uh, was when I decided was I think uh, February or March of 2015 and i wanted to go that year in august in 2015 and a lot of the schools i was reaching out to were saying we've we've run out of our scholarship funds for this year but you can come the next year but mount mercy was like yeah we we can get you on let's go um they offered a, a nice little uh, a scholarship for me and uh seemed like a good fit there were lots of australians on the team um will tom matt I better not forget any. At least that's three others. Um, Tom from Melbourne, Matt from Perth, Will from Queensland. Uh, so I felt at home with those guys. But coming coming here and uh, the transition, it was rough. Um, the first thing I noticed when I first stepped on the course was the the courses were different. Uh, here in America, they're quite soft. Uh, so with compared to Melbourne, especially where I'm home. Uh, We have what's called the sand belt, lots of really tight lies, firm greens. Uh, So around the greens with short game, you're playing a lot of low ones trying to get them running because it's so hard to get the spin. Uh, But you can't really do that here. You have a lot of thick rough running up to around the fringes. So you can't bump and run um, as much. Uh, So my short game had to kind of be uh, what I would spend a lot of time practicing on wasn't effective here that took its toll on me. And then uh, like, like, we talked about mental problems on the golf course. I had the chipping yips for quite a long time. <laughs> I just didn't. I did not have the success that I wanted on the team, but the opportunity and the guys that I were around was still fantastic.
0: No, be when, when you sent out those, 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 uh, those emails, those hundreds of emails. Did you kind of have an area where you wanted to be located, or was it just like if you're California to New York, wherever it's at, I'll go.
1: There were target schools uh, that I grew up knowing and loving. Uh, and I was completely unaware of the severity of Midwest winters. That <laughs> was, I mean, in Australia, we we that's just not a thing. We play golf year round. There's, there's no off season for that. So coming here, I, I, I was fully unprepared for that and wasn't ready for that. Um, if I had known more of that, would have I ruled out the Midwest as a school? No, I don't think so. Um, but, uh, that was a big shock too.
0: Yeah. I think yesterday, um, I got a phone call or, or one of my buddies snapchatted me and he said, Iowa was getting hail. (laughs) <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's it's June, mid-June, and, and I was still getting a hail of, of some sort. And you know, winters drag on from as early as October. Like 17. right around
1: Halloween. Yeah. I feel is when it when it starts to get nasty.
0: And, and they can extend till April to yeah, you know, you're still getting signs of some some cold, some hail and stuff like that, even in, in mid summer. Midwest is brutal, but that, that's the only thing I've kind of uh known since growing up there. And now that I'm out here uh in Las Vegas, it's completely different. I wake up at 8 30 a.m. and it's a hundred degrees. And I'm How like finding that? I'm I'm just like, you know, what 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 the hell? I, I can't even <laughs> go outside. The first day I got here, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go try it and do a run outside. My music shut off. I looked at my phone phone is overheated. <laughs> and I'm like, so how am I going to get an exercise in a workout? in? so I, I I found a gym. Luckily, there was one that was like five minutes from me. But still, it's like, I don't even step outside unless I'm going to work or unless I'm going to the gym or doing anything in between. It's like, I'm staying in this room. Because if I go out there, I'm breaking a sweat five seconds out the door. Yep. And yep. It, it's, just, it's probably it's,
1: it's that dry heat too, isn't it there? I mean, you here you can get that heat but it's it's sticky and humid which is kind of gross so i don't know do you prefer that dryness or do you
0: i would i mean i would rather prefer the 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 stickiness and and avoid this dryness because I, i woke up today it was it was kind of it's kind of funny speaking about it now because i woke up today and it was like 90 degrees and i snap i i snapchatted my family and talked to my family and i said well we have a cold front it's freezing here. You know, it's, it's a little chilly outside. And I even think uh, when I was going to the gym earlier today, there was a little sprinkle of rain and I was like, Oh, get your cups out and start collecting because this is, this is a rarity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, weather's well, funny. It's crazy here.
0: And, and, and the funny thing is, is I have a friend in California and he said, "Oh, it's it's like eighty five, 90. And I'm like, "I'm literally right next to California, but
1: the,
0: <laughs> but the funny thing I is, you got that ocean like, breeze." Yes, and, and I'm surrounded by, I'm I'm desert. I'm all desert. Mm-hmm. I I don't see any grass out my windows. Uh, one way is the one way is uh downtown Vegas, the Strip, and then the next way is mountains, and it's yep. just like everything in between is all desert or cactus uh i I was telling i was telling someone that i don't see any trees all i see is cactus and, and and sand and it's just like it's it's amazing because i was walking through a park during that day i went on that walk before my uh phone overheated i was coming back and there's not like any like you know birds or anything they had to have like sculptures of birds and squirrels like fake squirrels (laughs) around the park because there's too hot for even the animals (laughs) (laughs) there's there's no animals that want to live in this area it's it's just so different um kind of yeah traveling the world it's just so it's so strange and then you said australia you can golf all year around
1: yeah i mean it's it gets a little chilly you might need a, a a sweatshirt but there's no stopping you in winter just maybe some rain
0: now and has your family ever came over to the states
1: yeah mom has visited uh twice maybe three times uh dad came with my little brother once and then by himself actually went and played golf uh just outside of las vegas at wolf creek that was awesome i don't know if you know that course but man yeah you should uh look it up it's sick and if uh if you want to go and play somewhere it's awesome it's just like in the desert and you're just surrounded by these awesome formations and it's a beautiful course but uh they've been able to get here and uh, during school I was able to get home but covid has really messed that up and uh been a year and a half since I've seen any of them and that's that's been that's been tough
0: yeah that uh oh bless your soul i i don't think you know i i'm 25 hours away from my my parents and home and i'm already like kind of getting homesick i can only imagine what it's like for you what what's that flight like from australia to the states
1: brutal oh my it's it's oh i wouldn't wish it on anyone it's because i'm in iowa there's always three flights from cedar rapids to uh, dallas uh atlanta or um minneapolis and la and then la to melbourne and uh overall the whole journey can take like 30 hours depending on the layovers and uh i'm a big guy sitting in plain seats for that long oh it's it's not fun
0: i uh when when i flew out here to meet my boss um we, we flew out to California and then we flew from California to uh, Vegas. But the flight to, out to California to L.A., when you have long legs, even just long legs, like I couldn't get situated. I had it when I when I got back home before I finally came back out here with my car, I had to go to the chiropractor because my back was all messed up, my neck. And I'm guessing with that within those 30 hours, you probably don't sleep much, do you?
1: Um, No, it's it's hard to. I've kind of gotten decent at it, but it's it's really hard. And I I feel you with the long legs. Me too. My uh, my knees are digging into that seat in front, and I I feel bad for the people around me sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. They the like ladies in front can't recline their chair. They're trying to, and they're slamming my knees. I'm like, this isn't fun for me either. I'm really sorry. But uh, trying to get some sleep. Sometimes you're lucky to have a vacant seat next to you, and you kind kind of slouch one way, get a little comfy. Uh, try and put on a boring movie or something, but it's tough. <laughs> it's it's not a fun journey at all.
0: When, when me and my girlfriend were, were were coming back home from then Vegas to Chicago, it was. A, it said it was a packed flight. So, you know, if, if we wanted to uh, have our luggage taken care of so we didn't have to carry it on, do so because there might be, you know, limited space. So we get onto the plane and we just see pi- people piling in we're, and there's that one spot next to my girlfriend. We're like, please, just, just please. And, Oh, they're just piling in and, and piling in. We're like, okay, so far, so good. It looked like we, we went through like the first two waves and we're like, okay, we're feeling good. And then we're like, Oh, we should be good now. And then another wave comes in and we're like, Oh, I'm crossing our fingers, Like, Oh, sh- please, please, please. <laughs> and, and luckily Nobody sat by us. I, I'm pretty sure we were the only seat that had nobody by us. So she nice. kind of slumped that way. But with my long legs, I was kind of trying to get comfortable leaning that yeah. way. And and she said, I, I had my headphones on, but she said the girl in front of me kept looking back at me and like, you know, saying something <laughs> under her breath. And I was like, I didn't hear. Her. I'm sorry. I like you said, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable yeah. for me. It's probably not comfortable for her. And I I can only imagine the parents trying to hold babies on a four, you know, five hour flight. Flights are brutal. And they, and they say COVID they're trying to space things out. That flight certainly was not spaced out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good luck on a plane.
0: What are, what are flights like in Australia? Are like, is everything kind of opening up or are you still kind of, there's restrictions and stuff like that? You said you haven't seen your family in a while.
1: So, uh borders COVID and so particularly my state all all I'd be really interested in flying into is Victoria and Melbourne uh so I'm speaking I'm not too familiar with the other states but specifically my city where I'm from they reacted to COVID straight away locked that stuff down um and really really got on top of it early had zero cases for the longest time they were out living their normal lives um and even just recently i think it was two two weeks ago they had two cases fly in and they just shut everything down everyone goes back into lockdown until that's all done but from a a flying in perspective uh they have mandatory quarantine which is expensive first of all you have to pay for it yourself the hotel that they put you up in (laughs) um so you have to pay for like your meals for those two weeks as well as the room um and now that i have a job back here in america all my pto would be used in quarantine i'm not trying to fly there just to use pto in a hotel room to then say bye to the people i wanted to see and come back so it's just been unrealistic possible but unrealistic
0: that's just stressful. It, it puts a lot on you because you, you obviously want to see your family and put stress on of them course. because they obviously want to see you. And then
1: of course.
0: It, it's so, it's so frustrating. I thought, you know, I coming out here, I thought the West coast was going to be very strict um, just with the, you know, the kind of atmosphere and, and who lives there and whatnot. And uh, I was surprised when I, when I came in two weeks before I came in um they kind of lifted everything. If you're, if you're vaccinated, you're good. Um, you know, there might be some shops that still require a, a mask or whatever. Um, but it's just, it's so, it almost got to a point. I, I noticed every time I went into a place, it was like grabbing for my mask. know, I was like, "Ah, oh, this, you know, this is not what I wanted, but it's kind of what we came to. And, and yep. it's frustrating that we we had to get there. And I understand the reason for everything, but what the bigger picture that I feel like a lot of, a lot of, you know, countries, states are missing is that this is, yeah, this is like your case. This is putting a lot of conflict on families, on, on individuals, you know, trying to travel for business trips, for, for wherever, for sports teams, you know, the, I'm a big UFC guy and Right now they can't host any events outside of the United States and they've only Mm -hmm. hosted events in, um, I'm going to the McGregor fight in, in Las Vegas, but, uh, Florida, it's, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn excited that week's going to be epic. Um, but, but, but Florida, Phoenix, Texas, but nowhere really else. Um, New York is still iffy. Um, it's just, a lot of these sports teams, families, individuals, this whole thing, it just, I just wish like one day I wake up and it's just all gone.
1: Me too. Me too. It's, it's slowly getting behind us with these vaccines rolling out and stuff, but um, a lot slower than anyone ever wanted or anticipated.
0: Did, did you see, you said you're NFL guy. Did you see the whole thing with Cole Beasley?
1: No, I, I got into the NFL. I don't follow it that closely. Uh, more. I would say I follow college football closer than I do the NFL. I love, uh, I love uh, the Badgers. Uh, I, I guess I, I just have a soft spot for Wisconsin sports, Badgers and the Bucks. Um, but NFL, I, I just I watch that out of curiosity and fun. Don't keep up with it too much.
0: So the thing with Cole Beasley is he's a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills very you know a big role has a big role and slot receiver even that two-man wide receiver he is not getting vaccinated
1: actually i think i did i, I did read about this and he sent out a tweet saying like uh something about don't make me or you can't yes. or don't ostracize us players if we don't want it
0: yes and and the nfl is almost putting on to him like you need to get it or you don't play and it's just like like how could you i i understand but I understand like what you're trying to prevent, but I think by now people have to be, you know, aware and people know, you know, what they're dealing with. If if he doesn't want to do it, just just, you know, let him play. Let let sports. Everybody's preaching about bringing sports back to normalcy. Let it go back to normal. Let it fall fall through. And if if it gets worse, then maybe reconsider. But don't threaten a guy. You know, you're not going to play if you don't get the vaccine.
1: Yeah, I yeah. It's tough. I don't I don't think they can make anyone get the vaccine. I can see why they want they want the players to. I mean that's that's their they drive the revenue after all. They're their players, they're their business. Um so that I guess trying to protect them, they, I guess they're trying to put it in in they think they're doing it in their best interest, but you can't you can't make anyone do what they don't want to really at the end of the day. Yeah, and you you, you really definitely can't treat people differently based on a vaccine that's that's the the big fine line
0: and, and this is actually a good segue into the NBA I, I didn't really plan for this but but Chris Paul he he had he got in contact or kind of what was the whole issue and he he's had to sit out so um, it's just
1: contact tracing and the man's vaccinated yes that one drives me that dri- that drove me a little nuts I think that's <laughs> that's a little bit crazy if he's vaccinated and yeah he came into contact just test him if he doesn't have it just let him play uh that uh, i mean there's rules in place you have to follow the, the rules are there for a reason but i mean sometimes the rules are stupid
0: <laughs> yeah and, and i guess at the intro i said the sons were up one zero, but they're actually up two zero. and because he, yeah. he's yeah because he's supposed to come back for, for game three so i correct myself but just yeah, like yeah, just just test him because he's a big, you know, he has a big role. He, He's you know future Hall of Famer, very big, uh, starting point guard, kind of the the captain of the team. And you're you know yeah. you're setting him out because of contact tracing. But that Suns team, let's just get right into it. I, I know this is what we've been waiting for. Let's just let's just talk some basketball right now. Let's it's do down it. to right now. It's down to the Suns Clippers, which. Suns are up 2-0, but it's not an unfamiliar sight for the Clippers because they've came back this whole this whole playoffs. Um, Ty Luke, down. yes.
1: You think he's sweating, or you think he's you think he's thinking I've, I've done this. This isn't that bad. Don't worry.
0: You know, out of out of all the teams they've played, I think he's sweating this one.
1: I do. I do too. I don't. I don't think he can come back from this one. I don't think Kawhi's coming back. They're not they're not oh, putting yes. a, they're not putting a hard timeline on that and they're trying to keep it up in the air but he's not coming back in my opinion um, and book is a superstar he there's there's, n- there's nothing you can say to convince me otherwise he has there's two people well, there's more than two but two people at the front page of they're here to play they're superstars now don't snub them anymore, don't disrespect them, and that's Trey and Booker. Um, and they're part of the next wave. Those those two are the next up. And the Clippers can't stop Booker, and not with the structure of that team, not with the... I mean, it's coach v coach in a way here. Tyloo, an excellent coach, but... Yeah, I think the Suns have this one
0: let's go back to that Booker talk because I want to know your opinion on this. Um, Stephen A. Smith said Booker is the next Kobe. (laughs) Now, what do you think about comparing guys to legends comparing guys to, to the past? I hate it. I I hate it as well. I I say, let Booker be the, you know, the next Devin Booker, the Devin Booker, you know, don't compare him to a, a shooter like Durant or a scorer like Durant and Curry let him just be Devin Booker, because I think that's just so unique with him. The, the kids from Kentucky, we've always, we've always known that he can do this. And now that they finally made it to the playoffs, every week people are seeing it on TV. And now people are saying, oh, where has this guy been? This guy's been all, you know, he's been around for all this time. ESPN and, and those sports outlets just never gave him the coverage because he was on the Suns two years ago. They were the worst team in the Western Conference you know, they, they didn't deserve the television time. And, and I, I understand that, but now that he's here, just let the man be Devin Booker. Let Trey Young be Trey Young. Don't compare his shooting to Steph Curry. Let Jason Tatum be Jason Tatum. Let these guys, let this next wave just be themselves because pretty yeah. soon we're going to forget about LeBron pretty soon. We're going to forget about Kobe and, and and all these guys. And it's just there, you know, we, we still just find a time to always compare these new wave to old old the past i mean because i guess that's the sample size we have
1: at the end of the day it's generational talk our generation's talking lebron and mj uh but we today don't hear much talk of uh mj a large one or mj versus magic or bird even though they, they were sort of the same time but that was the transition we don't hear that anymore because it's, it's it is generational talk but i'm so with you i mean let them be them. Enjoy each player for what they bring. Uh, it doesn't have to be one versus the other. There's a huge divide, like on on uh, like the criticism that LeBron would have got if he airballed that last shot that KD did. I mean, like LeBron was out first round. Why we got to bring him into this conversation? There's so many other conversations that should be happening than that.
0: And with that generational talk you know you said you know lebron's compared to jordan but who's gonna be that guy with this next wave compared to lebron who do you think that guy is do you think it's well, a booker or do you think it's like a jason tatum or a luca
1: no the next the next up is kd You think? um for for like the outright outright you can say hands down he's he's the greatest in the league right now i agree um so I think next up will be, is KD and he'll have some time, but man, this next wave is exciting. I, and I think, I think Booker might be my front, front runner for that.
0: I think out of all sports, NFL, MLB, all these, these new generational waves, I think NBA definitely has that, you know, NBA is obviously a, one of the most, I don't know what ratings are, if it's where it compares to like popularity and, and such, but with Luca, with Trey, with with Tatum, with Zion, with Ja, with with all these guys, and even guys like you know Joel Embiid finally getting some some recognition. He's always been a kind of an all star, but almost you know forgotten about because he's still been waiting behind these, these big men. Um, that, that was the first
1: of... NBA argument we ever had while playing Apex Legends. Like yes, two years ago was who's going to be better in the future, Joel or Giannis?
0: Yes. And, and, and they're both, they both kind of, I I would say this, you know, Giannis probably obviously earlier, but I say these, these past two years, this year, and then last year, Joel Embiid has finally kind of shown, shown, you know, the full Joel Embiid developing, having, always having that outside shot, but developing more, being a rim protector, these guys they're they this general this new wave is, is so special and then that brings into the talk that i wanted to get into right away with, with ben simmons he's a special <laughs> I, I truly think he's a special kid and th- okay this playoffs you know he wasn't he wasn't good i'll, I'll say, flat out and say he sucked he sucked it was awful he, he sucked missed free Just throws dreadful.
1: you know it's bad when my mom I was on the phone with my mom and she was like, cause he's Australian. So he gets a lot, he gets a lot of news time compared yes. to other players back home. And so, you know, it's bad if my mum brings it up on the phone, she's gone. What happened to that one Australian player? I guess he didn't do too well. His mom, he, he did. He sucked. About as bad as you can do. And considering his contract and what he's meant to be, he I, I can't, find a word to describe the disappointment in that series and I feel for him man I feel oh. for Ben um I, I hear I I hear people talking saying he doesn't work hard enough he doesn't listen he's stubborn and I can see that but I, I wonder if that's an, like clearly he's in his head and I wonder if that's an extension of all of that I wonder if there's something more to it I,
0: yeah but and just kind of looking at his history, you know, going to LSU, he, he was that he was the name of LSU. I I remember watching LSU. I couldn't really name another person on the LSU team besides Ben Simmons. And he's kind of had that role of that guy, that guy, and then getting drafted early first. Yeah. And, and then, you know, getting hurt, but, but coming back and they're always that that joke of always, Oh, is this Ben Simmons rookie of the year? Is he, is he rookie of the year this year? Or, you know, he's kind of carried on because he's just always been, you know, had a rough start to the NBA. And then he finally becomes an all-star. Was it this year he was an all-star or last year?
1: He's been two years, two Two years.
0: Yes. So he's getting to that all-star. And then you mentioned the contract. And all of this plays a toll on the kid, you know, he finally feels like he's got it. And then this playoffs comes around and, shit hits the fan. He, he nice. like I said missed free throws. Gets under the hoop and passes it. You know, he he's always had a struggling mid-range to three-point shot and it it was evident. It was very clear. It's just all of that putting on to that he he's still young. He's so young. I, I still think he's a very young player in the in the league and there's a lot for him to learn. But when you put all that and like I told you earlier today, all of that He was down and they just threw him into the sharks. They threw him to the media. And the media, they are harsh. They don't care about your feelings. Especially in Philly, man. Oh, fans. Yeah. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care. Philly fans. Brutal. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care about where you come from, what's your story. They they have no sympathy. And when all of that just just gets put on we I I told you I, I think it's time just to change the scenery. With with how this kind of folded and or unfolded, I guess, with, with the way it, it happened and, and all Doc Rivers had to do, I, I feel like just sit down and talk to him. Just say, or or Joe and B, take take a you know somebody needs to take charge of that team. Just say, you know Ben, what's wrong? What's wrong, Ben? You know what's going on in your head? What are you even thinking? Just say what are you thinking, and that can clear up. That can change a whole lot because you mentioned that playoffs that series was close. That was, that was yeah. a very close series. And with a performance from him, with one 20.9, night from him, changes the whole outcome. Yeah. I, I just think he he needs to fully debrief and get out of there.
1: Yeah, I don't think that the Sixers – there's something in that locker room that it just – well, it didn't help the situation. I said earlier there's like a thousand ways that the locker room and the club could have handled that situation – and from what we can see outside, it looks like the worst possible way is what <laughs> came to fruition. Shaq was on TV saying, if he's in my locker room, I'm punching that guy in the face saying, shoot the damn ball. He didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter for the last four games. And passing up wide open dunks, we all saw it. Like, I don't, we can only speculate to what's said in that locker room behind closed doors. But whatever their angle was, was wrong. We don't know if he needed a kick in the ass. We don't know if he, if he needed someone to talk to softly and just be like, hey, what's up, man? Come on. But whatever happened, either that, that locker room lost early on complete faith in him and it was just a shit show waiting to happen or they just didn't address it and, uh, and the results stayed the same. Either way... I don't know what they did, but it definitely didn't work.
0: The thing with Doc Rivers, he he's truly stuck in the past. The, the guy, 100%. He, ch- he choked lead after lead after lead. I was at the gym and Philly was up 20 or 20. I don't even know what, 25. I don't even know what it was. And I was like, oh, oh, Philly's got this. And then I get back home and they're yeah, down so was three. 20, they're-
1: 20 in the third quarter. He took starters out. First of all, way too early. He took him out at regular season time to protect your players, and that started a momentum shift. And by then, the momentum was just too big, especially for Doc Rivers and Ben Simmons' team to overcome. Um, Doc Rivers, man, he what he's proved to me (laughs) what he's what he proves to me is he can coach a team with a big three and that is stacked, but he he is struggling. He struggled with the Clippers when it was kind of, it it was, he had good players, but it it was also, it was still the later end of a rebuild. I would still say it was a proving season for them. Uh, Definitely for the, he, he came to the Sixers with something to prove. And when there's something to prove from close to nothing, he really struggles there. Um. So unless unless teams are already stacked like Brooklyn or someone like that, I, I don't think anyone wants to go too close to Doc, especially for rebuilds, especially for development.
0: Yeah, it's just like he wants to be he wants to have the title but not do his job. It's like <laughs> he, that big three with the Celtics with Garnett, Pierce, I guess big four with with Rondo and Ray Allen as well he was just so used to winning naturally because those guys, you know, they were already kind of somewhat developed and then they're all, I think they're all hall of famers in what, right. Maybe Rondo here and there, you could, you could debate it. Um But he Rondo's was just a hall so, of famer. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I agree with you too. I didn't want to, I didn't want to create any uh friction in the conversation, but he, he was just so used to having those four And then, you know, throw in a Kendrick Perkins, throw in a Brandon Bass, throw in a big baby Glenn Davis, and they'll kind of just, they'll, they'll just adapt with, with, with the big four. And now, you know, he goes to a Clippers team. He goes to a Philly team. These guys don't have that, you know, it, it got to the point in the playoffs where they were pretty much playing with four people when Ben Simmons was on the court, Ben Simmons was lost cause. And then when you put all that pressure on Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, they've always been known of lack of lack of shooting they need to go out and find shooting guards because they're they have that uh they have curry uh seth curry steph's brother but then other than that they really don't have some pure shooters so when you have all these mixed kind of it was a big
1: hole in their team structure the lack of shooters especially when you're like your main guard his role is is to drive and dish that's what he's known for he's not he, he they drafted him as a bad shooter. He's been. He's Ben. He, ben is Ben. He's not a shooter. He's there for rebounds, defense, and aggressive plays to the basketball to the hoop. Um, and when he draws those guys, that's when he he should be dishing to just phenomenal shooters. If you want to be a championship contender, and if Seth Curry is your guy in the fourth, that's a problem because mm-hmm. he was, and he did a for for who he is. He did a really good job. He shut lights out, and he was a very good scorer for them. But it's a problem if that's your guy. No disrespect to him.
0: <laughs> Simmons S- Simmons was drafted as, a, as a, a guard that will always create mismatches. Yeah. Like, yeah, you drive to the hoop. You, you know, you're bringing in that big man. Oh, dish it to Embiid. Or, oh, dish it to Harris outside. Or, or dish it to a shooter. But they've never – and and that's, you know, that could maybe be a reason why we see Simmons struggle so much is because, yeah, you you've kind of – you've done nothing to help him. You brought in Tobias Harris. You brought in Joel. You know Joel Embiid's been there, but other than that, you still don't have a profound point guard, or I mean, another guard to kind of handle the rock when when Simmons isn't. And it's just yeah, it, it's just a dumpster. I truly think Philly's a dumpster fire. And you know when we when we did that first debate with with Joel Embiid and Giannis. You know, I never, I guess I, I always looked at just Joel Embiid. I was like, oh, he's he's a great, you know, he could do whatever he wants. He, he's Joel Embiid. Yeah, he could carry oh, this. He Philly could.
1: Team. He yes. definitely could. When we had that argument or, or discussion, it wasn't an argument. It wasn't an argument. About, <laughs> about Bucks and Philly were in like the same same situation, basically. Two superstars, good teams. Where are they going to go with this? And Philly have handed terribly uh what about the bucks i don't know the bucks i think the bucks have handled it decently uh i i have i have such a love i know i am biased i'm straight up biased for the Bucks. (laughs) they're my boys but i i have a a very love-hate relationship with coach bud um he's the opposite of a doc rivers i think he's fantastic with the development of teams in their rebound. He did it with Atlanta. Ironically, who they just lost to, but and he did it with the Bucks when he first came there. But in these the I I hate fourth quarter Bucks games, man. <laughs> they if they don't have a ten point plus lead going into the fourth, I'm sweating.
0: That's how I feel and, about the Lakers in it's, the first
1: quarter. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not the play, it's part of the players. I think at that level, they all they they somewhat know as well, but it, it, it for me is is Coach Bud. He stresses me out.
0: <laughs> I I told you before we hopped on watching that game tonight. Um, you know, obviously Trey Young did, did Trey Young things. we we'll kind of if, if we want to talk about the Hawks, we can, but the Bucks. They have, you know, they got Brook Lopez, Drew Holiday, Middleton, and then Giannis. Those are the guys I think. You know, that that's who I think. When I think of the Bucks, those are the guys I think that the core. It always seems like the three out of those those guys. It's always. Two that are good, and then you know the other two struggle. I guess. Okay. So yeah, it's so two out of. It's always two out of four. It's never a four out of four or three out of four. Because tonight was Drew Holiday, and, and Giannis. They were very similar numbers scoring wise. um Lopez only had two rebounds. Lopez didn't even get to ten points. He had he had seven, I believe. And then you brought up Chris Middleton shooting. Middleton had fifteen, but couldn't get a bucket from behind the three point line, and that that's where Chris 0-9. Middleton's. Met. That's
1: what he's made a living. He over for 9, and they still, they still gave it to him for the last shot. But I mean, that's who I want. That, that is who I would want to take the last shot for the, for the tie there. But I blame his shooting. And I told you this earlier. I'll say it now on the record. He's 0 for 9 from three because almost all of his shots had to be created by individual plays and nba is a streaky sport you see teams go on runs and then catch and then the other team might go on a run or it's it's built by runs and that is true even to the individual and that is best started by creating easy shots Mm
0: -hmm. with
1: ball movement (laughs) with off ball cuts with just structured basketball and that is not what the bucks excel at and that's how Chris Middleton's game went. It just felt like it was, he was trying to get that rhythm from ISO plays. And once they start, once if they're not falling right away, they're not, they're never going to fall unless you're Kobe Bryant or Devin Booker or mm-hmm. Trey Young. But for a general rule, you want to get people easy shots first, and then you can start heat checking them, and then you can start ISOing them.
0: Defense creates offense. Defense leads the, the offense. You know, just getting those, those, getting a stop on defense goes so far in the NBA because you're not settling. I, I'm a Lakers guy and watching them, them play the Suns in the first, uh, the series of the playoffs, it always seemed like they couldn't get a stop on defense. LeBron dribbled the ball down the court. If it wasn't a pick and roll kind of look, it was, uh, Stops behind the three-point line, does his signature, you know, jab step, jab step, pulls up.
1: I can't when stand it when he does that.
0: No, when when you're down <laughs> fifteen, when you're down twenty, because it got to those those deficits, you're looking for a layup, you're looking for a dunk, you're looking for a wide open three, and obviously Anthony Davis being injured, that kind of hurt that their kind of offensive plans and who they're going to play with, but yeah. It it's it's so hard to watch a team like that because Chris Middleton, he's a he's a he's an all star. He he's a multi year all star. He he knows what he's doing, he can make those shots, but when you're constantly relying on a pick and roll in ISO, it, it's hard for a guy like that to get into rhythm to kind of get that confidence up.
1: He's one of the most underrated players, I think, in the NBA. Again, biased, but still. I like to say. Uh, I tell my girlfriend. I say, "He's he's your favorite player's favorite player. He's mm-hmm. he gets the respect from from everyone in the league, but just not from not as much from the media or from your, from your general population. But he he is a superstar. But even superstars thrive with structure. Oh yeah, and it's what will be. I, I hate to say this, but it, okay, it, it's what scares me the most. If they advance." pass Atlanta which I still think they will at least they should it, it it will show so evidently against Phoenix the structure difference and the coaching difference and I I wonder to myself how much making the NBA finals this year with this coach can hurt the Bucs or not I think they lose to Brooklyn I think Bud's job was up I honestly think they, they get rid of him and uh, and that was a shoe size away from happening. I mean, if, if Kevin Durant was size 17 and not a size 18 <laughs> foot, yep. they were going home. Um, but even, even that play, I understand PJ Tucker guarding him first, second, third quarter, even some of the fourth, if he's doing that good a job and he's low on foul count, so he can, he can foul if he wants to kind of, you know, get really in his face and try and throw him off a rhythm. But when it's that last shot, And there's five seconds left. PJ Tucker's not your man there, but they still guarded him there. That has to be Giannis. That has you have to have a height match, you have to have a wingspan match for that guy to at least make him think. Can I get over this guy? The man's two time Defensive Player of the Year, and not matching up on a final shot with like a perfect height armspan match. I I like coach what is your I that drove me crazy I I sent a snap to a lot of people ranting about that as it happened before over time started
0: and just kind of as a you know just as a fan looking as a fan you want that matchup you want a Durant you want that Durant versus Giannis for the final shot that's why everybody wants you know Curry versus LeBron for the final shot people want that you don't want to see PJ Tucker because then it's just another Durant moment. It's not a Durant on Giannis moment. It's a yep. oh, just a Durant moment. And, and yep. I totally, fully understand. And, and fully understand. You said superstars need structure still, and that reminds me a lot of CP3 because CP3 he's never besides those Lob City days he's never really had that structure. And now he goes to this Suns team, and that's why he was in talks for an MVP almost. Because he had structure, he had he had Booker, he had a reliable big man like Aiton, he had a bench, a, a a deep bench, a guy any guys could step in, and something I noticed with the Bucks, they don't really rely on their bench too much. They don't go too deep.
1: They don't a little bit in the regular season because they often would be at twenty points true by the third quarter. Uh, best regular season team in the East. Maybe not the best record this year, but they're 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 a scary regular season team. Uh, but no, they don't go that deep. They ha- they have the potential to. Like Bobby Portis, he was a huge second quarter injection today that uh, came in. Was it second or first quarter? I can't remember, but he he went off early, but ended the game at fifteen minutes. He hardly saw the floor in the second half. Um. I don't know if he was the guy to maybe get something going today, but wasn't put in. I mean, Pat Connaughton—they <laughs> are—they are missing Divincenzo more than anyone oh, yes. wants to talk about. They're trying. Pat Connaughton is trying to fill Divincenzo's shoe. He's not as good a shooter. He's nowhere near as good on defense. But there's just simple things that, like, you sit at home and you like, uh. You know, uh, was it Bogdanovich that's hurt or uh, yeah, Bogdanovich was hurt at the moment. He's playing like on one leg, his knee. And early on, they go, they targeted him. They said, "I kind of liked these ice, these ISO plays went too bad." They're going at an injured player with a good player, and they were getting easy twos. And they just they worked away from that. He didn't play as much in the second half. I think for that reason, because they were abusing that, but oh the bucks drive me crazy for that reason
0: it's funny because when when the game was on i before the game was on i wanted to, uh, I, I just got back from the gym wanted to take a quick shower and uh so i i, I share a bathroom with another guest here at my airbnb i'm, I'm surprised have you heard any noises it, it's usually None. not quiet at this time it's only what 9 45 here but uh near prime time right in now. vegas
1: yes yes it's
0: usually pretty <laughs> even on a weekday but um there was somebody in the bathroom. So I was like, all right, I'll go downstairs. And I was like, I want to take a quick shower, watch the, you know, watch the game so we can talk about it. I go downstairs, I get my stuff. Don't have I, I was like, oh, I don't need my phone. Just be quick. Shut my door. I locked my door. Guess where my keys are? Inside my room. Uh-oh. So I'm like, all right, just, just chill. Let's just go take a shower. Maybe it didn't happen. It's all in your head. We'll just go downstairs <laughs> and take a shower. Take a quick shower, get out thankfully I brought my, you know, my clothes down there and everything. Cause when I'm here, I can just go straight into my room, but I thankful I brought everything down there and I come back up here and I turn my door handle and it's, it's locked. Like, Shit, like the game's on. I have my phone in there. I can't contact the, the owner of the, the house. I don't know what to do. I kid you not. I sat downstairs. I, I didn't even think I was going to be able to to, to record this podcast because I was so like <laughs> freaking out because it, it was almost, I want to probably say seven 30, my time, it was so long. I just sat downstairs. I, I tried to pick a lock with a, with a toothpick, but the toothpick breaks. I was just trying to think out of the box and it just got to a point where I, I, I had a toothpick and some aluminum foil and I was making stick figures because I had nothing to do. <laughs> I didn't have my phone, so I was just making like stick figures with aluminum foil and toothpicks. But then, thankfully, somebody else who lives here came down, had his phone. I got in contact with the owner, and she came up, locked me, unlocked me in, and I got in here. But and then I caught, I caught a little bit of it. But it was just like, shit. Like of course, out of my routine, and I and I, <laughs> I, I mess things up. But I I have a habit of of locking my keys um in places i can't get them because thank god i don't know if you know what onstar is but like onstar you can just yeah. call them yeah um well my mom got it for me before i came out here and i was like mom i don't need that why do i need that i drop her off at the airport i get back home uh since it's hot out you put out one of those things on my windshield so it doesn't get hot in the car and uh while i was doing that my keys fell out of my pocket lock my door <laughs> shit so i call my dad and my dad's like Jesus Christ you know he's cussing me out because he he doesn't I don't I don't think he even knew I had on star so he thought I was gonna be living out in the Vegas heat for the rest of you know for the rest of summer but I, I called on star and I texted my mom and I was like man the, the times you you expect you know you, you expect the unexpected <laughs> and uh but I, I got my keys out but yeah I caught the end of this game and I'm happy you you obviously watched all of it um, as, as a bucks fan and i'm, I'm happy that yep. yeah i'm happy that uh you did so but i, I caught the end of it and then i kind of just watched some highlights and man th- this Hawks team trey young it, it, it's cur- it's it's strange because every night it's usually just a trey young night you don't hear of a i know Kevin Hearder had a good night um it, 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 previous games and then i think Clint, Clint capella had a crazy double double tonight with I, I think he almost had 20 rebounds
1: um he killed us on the board i mean there was there was a play they ended up hitting a three after three attempts down i think it was in the last two minutes i mean that that was a big 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 shot that just shouldn't have happened they pulled down three o boards in a row
0: the hawks team's interesting
1: they're they're legit they, they are they can- a legit team
0: people are forgetting because they're, they're, they're playing without Cam Reddish, right? Cam Reddish is hurt. They still have the, they still have some guys and they, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, what's his, I don't know I don't want to butcher his name, but a Kung Wu or they drafted a, a center from USC. Uh, he's a rookie this year. They still have him. Um, they still got uh DeAndre Hunter. They still got Cam Reddish. You know, the, this Hawks team could be very scary. And then they have obviously Trey Young at the helm with, with, uh, Kevin Hirner, John Collins, like this team. I, I really, I think this this Bucks Hawks series. Do you think it will go seven? You don't want it to.
1: Um, let's see. I don't think Bucks lose on home court again. They've been fantastic at defending home court. It's the first game of these playoffs. They've been out rebounded. Yes. I don't. <sighs> Clint Capella led led the league in rebounds this year so that could be a challenge but i don't see that happening more games than it does doesn't do i think it goes seven bucks win game two i think we get one away i think they get one home that ties it two two it could go seven it really could go seven this this game one was more important than i think the bucks thought i agree um thing with young teams like this is they, uh, a lot of them have no playoff experience and they are running on this momentum. They're not running on experience or level he- headedness like a, like a Chris Paul over in mm-hmm. Phoenix who brings mm-hmm. experience to that. They're running on pure momentum um, and it's carried over from game seven and this game one was the opportunity for the Bucks to to just put a complete halt to that and they came out with it, it, it looked like zero drive. I don't know if they were tired from their seven game series, but this was a much more important game than I think the Bucks wanted to think or play like. At least that's how it looked.
0: It's very interesting that you brought up the whole Hawks. They yeah, they don't really have a guy that like like CP3, a guy like over in Clippers, you know Paul George, um, you know Kawhi debating if he comes depending on if he comes back or not, and then Giannis um, with the Bucks, and then even Lopez has kind of been around the game a while. Chris Middleton, uh, Bledsoe, Drew Holiday, uh, you know, um, wait is is Bledsoe with the Bucks?
1: No, no.
0: Yeah okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking of Drew Holiday, but they still have those guys that kind of have been around where this Hawks team is two, three year guys that Rich. just got to the NBA and, you know, they're running on just pure relying on this, this constant of this constant scoring drive that they're having, because I'm curious if the Bucs can stop Trey Young, if they can hold him to, to, uh, uh I think they eight. can.
1: I, th- yeah. I think Drew Holiday is the perfect match for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think tonight, tonight he just got in his bag and he wouldn't leave it when he's he started off hot 25 I think first half points but then he came out third quarter if you see someone in the playoffs throwing alley passes off a backboard in that situation that man is feeling it that is yes. not a play that comes to someone on an on a regular basis in in that situation when he's shimming his shoulder at the three-point line he was he loves silencing crowds he's one of those people that just get the same rush from silencing a crowd as they do from hearing the roar you can't say that about many and tonight he was loving it he didn't want to hear a sound from that Milwaukee crowd and he got that going and it was really hard to stop um they let him shoot the three which wasn't as bad. He, he, he did not shoot it that well from three. Let me pull that up real quick. Four from 13 from three, right? They were going under the screen because they were more scared of his impact when, when he was driving and yes. when he was throwing countless alley passes to Capella and Collins. Um, so I understand going under that screen and that adjustment as long as he's not that's I think something that they should should keep at Bucks. Well done, Coach Bud there. Um, until he gets too hot, then you start going over, and you you, you kind of have to play that one by feel. But, huh, I think I think I don't think he's gonna have another forty eight point nine. That's for sure. I think that's gonna be his high for the series. At least I hope so. <laughs> but yeah. man, was that he, he was fun to watch. I, I get mad when the Bucks lose, but tonight I was like, at least I got to so, see someone absolutely bowl out. That was fun to watch in.
0: And that's that's what Devin Booker brought to that Lakers series. Man, I yep. did. I wanted that. I wanted the Lakers to come back. I wanted the Lakers to to win that series. But when a guy like Devin Booker's doing the things that he was doing against kcp one of the best defenders in the league even lebron matched up on him like that's just something special and you just got to enjoy it trey young's one of those that that same guy you just got to enjoy that and you know for you obviously in a perfect world i'm guessing the you know bucks in the finals and then are are you you're probably rooting for the suns correct
1: in the finals
0: for the no for the suns Suns (laughs) to advance
1: no (laughs) because they're the better team i want the bucks to have an easy easy ship But uh, as a spectator and wanting to see good basketball in in the finals, yeah, Phoenix. Uh,
0: Okay, so I think they're the better team. So Phoenix Bucks, you know, you're kind of weary about that series. I I would honestly, I'm honestly curious about that series, just because the Bucks are one of the best, one of the best, you know, defensive teams for countless of years, just with their size and their their mismatches and stuff that they can create on defense that turns to offense. after this year's done, I, I saw that there's, there's a change that they're looking into, and I don't know if you've picked up onto this, but they're, look, they're looking to uh, no longer have that players leaning into shots and kind of creating that foul. I just read something today. You know, obviously, Dwayne Wade's that one guy that always comes to mind. James Harden's another guy that always leans into his shots. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, the guys with the good mid-range, they've kind of learned to be able to stop on a dot and then kind of, you know, try to draw that foul do do you think that's a necessary change do you think they need to to get rid of that as a fan
1: i think it's a double edged sword i think it's uh i think it's a skill really that they're trying to handicap i think it's it's something like when you're watching james harden i, I enjoy watching that i think it's smart i think it's creative Sometimes it's a little bit like he does oversell some of them. Oh, yeah. Um, contacts half half of what he's acting. But a big fear for it, aside from taking what I think is a skill from the game away, is also that is so hard to referee. Oh, yeah. And a rule that's been there, like something that's been there so long, trying to switch that up, that is, is so frequent and is so finicky uh, i think the refs would have a really hard time like trying to trying just trying to ref that did who created the contact who who's responsible for that i don't like it no and
0: with with kind of that 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 uh kind of foul calling you know another thing is like when, when three when you you stick your leg out for a three-point shot to kind of clip that defender that's you know coming in for you know who's creating the contact is it the guy that's sticking his leg out is the guy I mean, did the guy come to for you know it, those are hard things to call and you know like yeah like like you said taking that away you know if James Harden wants to do that just let you know let him do it I, I mean the
1: kicking the leg out one is is I, I like that that one is uh that one's not as hard to ref that one you can see you know these players jump shot if they're shooting a, if they're shooting an Very open true. shot and that action is different the next shot when they when they're sticking that leg out and stuff you can see that and you know that but when they're driving with with the euro steps that we're seeing with all of these different movements and bobbing and weaving between the help D and every and everyone else creating creating that contact is a skill finishing after creating that contact is another skill yes I I don't like that. If they, if they're trying to take that away, I just don't.
0: I just think we've, we've gotten to a point with, with all sports. I think we're, ref, we're trying to refine them too much. Uh, one thing that always comes back to my head is, is the whole, the whole football thing, you know, they're trying to be safer, but, man, a, a guy can't even get a sack anymore without, you know, getting a flag of, of roughing the passer. And I, and I know it's it's two different sports, but it's kind of the same thing. You're kind of taking away elements of the game that make the game what it is. You know, Dwayne Wade and, and James Harden, that's that's creative. That's something that you not any player can do. You know, Alex, I mean, okay, Alex Caruso or, or a guy like that, they can't just pull up and try to, you know, do, be – a do the things that Harden and Wade can do with that, that drawing the foul mid range jump shot. You know, that, that's a, that's a skill. That's an art. And with with football, it's just like sacking. That's a, that's a part of the game. Being able to get off a old lineman and, and get to the quarterback that takes skill. That's, that's challenging. You're going up against one of the best players in the league across from you. And you have to get to the quarterback in a quick amount of time because quarterbacks have quick, you know, quick releases. It, it's just, you know, when you're taking stuff like that away, it just almost feels like I, I can't even really watch NFL anymore. I, I mean, I still do just because Sundays, that's just a kind of a religious, religious thing, but yeah, I, I, I lean more to, to college football, just because, you know, they let the kids kind of play more, but even like the ejection calls, they both in the NBA and in, in, in football, it's just like everything you do. If you look at somebody wrong, there, oh, hey, you know you're out of here.
1: <laughs> there's a level of micromanagement that has come into sports and has shown benefits. but there's, there's a fine line that, that has been and can continue to be crossed when it, uh, that destroys flow of games uh, and makes them less fun to watch. I mean two nights ago with that Phoenix game was a great example. Like the last five minutes took half an hour. longer i think it was even less than like the last two minutes taking half an hour because they're constantly going to this monitor and they're checking things that we can see on the tv in 30 seconds i don't know what's taking so long and i just think it's going to be like another one of those things tough to call tough to understand tough to watch and uh yeah football has gone the same way in some some scenarios
0: so, I, I mentioned how UFC and, and I'm a big UFC and, and boxing kind of guy. And uh, one of the the fight nights, I don't know if it was a fight night or a pay per view, they went to electronic scoring. And that slowed down the process so much after fights for like decisions. Because usually, you know, they get the score, you know, they get the judging right into um, Herb Dean or, or whoever's calling the fight and they, you know, instant they were taking like, I want to say like two to three minutes after the, after the fight, after the final round to make the decision. And it's just like, you're trying, you know, technology is great. Technology is, is powerful, but there's a line you're crossing. Just, just, you know, let, But those sports that's something that holds true to the sports because mma and and boxing those are like the raw sports like you can pretty much do whatever you want in that sport i mean mike tyson bit a dude's ear off (laughs) it's it's like a that's as raw as a sport as it it can get and when you kind of try to correct things and and, and check things it's just so it's it's so obvious it's so like you can you can just notice it right away and Man, I, I don't know. We we've, we've been talking for for a very long time now. It's what twelve a.m. there, midnight. Yeah. Yep. Dang, and you're you're still wide awake. I thought you'd be snoring on me. And you know, one thing I've noticed is, is coming over here. I'm going to bed a lot earlier, and I'm waking up a lot earlier. So I, I guess that you know that's a good a benefit because back at home, you know, two a.m. was nothing, but here. 12 a.m. is that's some serious business it's it feels like 2 a.m. it feels like 3 a.m. from back home but Oscar great conversation I know we could we could talk for 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 hours for days we just connect I, like I said ever since that MB Giannis conversation I, I remember that was that was back when I was on the radio for I'm still on the radio but for uh for uh it
1: just started yeah
0: Yes, at the university, I got onto the radio for my basketball show, and I brought that to you, or you were listening, or whatnot, and we debated about that. And ever since then, I kind of learned that you know, you know your shit. You're you know, you're not just talking out of your ass like some of these fans or some of my friends that. You know, it's clear that they obviously don't know what they're talking about, or they're they're very biased in some in some way or some sort. And even you said you're biased with the Bucks, but you're very critical when you come to talking about them. And I and I appreciate that. And that's one reason why I wanted to bring you on here.
1: They scare me, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're a scary team to root for.
0: Hey, it's it's the same way with the Steelers on the, for football. I love <laughs> the Steelers, but you know your problems, with Bud. Is, is kind of like the same problems I have with, with big Ben. You know, he, he, yeah. he's obviously the quarterback, but just the way, you know, ah, I I don't even know. I, three years ago, I was telling him to retire. And somehow, some reason, every, every <laughs> Sunday, I still see number seven run out onto the field. And It's just like, what the hell am I missing? But <laughs> it's the life we live in. It, it, it's just gotten to a point that these players some of these players they just don't know better they're just so used to playing they don't know when to call it quits and man it kind of hurts a legacy here and there when you have a couple rough seasons and then you finally call it quits I I wish everybody could be Peyton Manning and just win a Super Bowl and go out on top
1: (laughs) he had it figured out didn't he
0: yes but Oscar any last things you want to say you know what are you what are you doing with your life? Anything? Any hot takes? Any anything you just want to leave the fans with that I can't say anything back. All I can just say is 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 thank you for coming on. I can't fight it. Anything you want to say?
1: Uh, Giannis is a two time MVP. Joel Embiid is not. Uh, I'll say that. And uh, last of all, uh, hi mom, hi dad, miss you.
0: Not yet. Not yet. He he's not a two time MVP <laughs> yet. There's there's a still a lot of a lot of basketball for Joel Embiid. But shout out to your mom and dad. Hopefully they're listening. Shout out to and my all your little family. brother and my little yes. sister. Yeah. Shout out to all your family back home. I, I hope you truly get to see them soon. That I I, I feel for you, dude. I mean, I obviously ha- you know don't have any relatives from out out of out of country or really out of state. Um, and being long, being gone from them for that long is, is kind of hard. De- it definitely takes a toll on just kind of how you present yourself. It, 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 you might not show it, but man, it, it, it sucks. And I feel for you, dude. I hope you get to see him soon. You know, Thanks. maybe take me out to Australia. I've never been to Australia. Oh, yeah. I want to experience the, the 30 hours. I think I'm ready for the flight in in the, the.
1: <laughs> That's a bold statement
0: take me out onto the, uh, Australia golf courses, uh, and, and, you know, coach me up. I'll, I'll, I'll take lessons. And what's, what's an Australian food. Is there anything that's, you know, kangaroo, do you, do you eat kangaroo? <laughs> I don't, I don't do. know if that's a weird question, but,
1: uh, my, my go-to uh, Australian meal is it's a pub meal at the pubs, just a, a chicken parma or which chicken parmigiana and, uh, and a beer. That's my go-to beer. when I go home.
0: Hey, uh, you know, being 21 now, I, I guess I really haven't experienced the whole party crazy life. And I'm in Vegas. So, you know, people are like, what the hell are you doing on the weekends? But Vegas is a different kind of party. You can't, you know, I don't think Vegas by yourself is very fun, especially with the environments, the people you can run into. Uh, you, I was, when I when I came and met my boss, you um, we were me and, me and Danica, me and my girlfriend, we're, we're walking the strip and, you know, just seeing people sit by trash cans, waiting for you to throw stuff away, you know, ladies almost naked, <laughs> giving you their, giving you their cards and Business you know, you cards. See, yeah, you see a, you see a big uh car, uh, a van like car drive down the strip with, uh you know, call this number and we'll bring a lady right to your door. It's just very, <laughs> you know, very unique setting, but Hey, I, be I'm careful out it. there, Ken. Yes, I, I will be careful. I will be careful for sure. But Oscar, thank you. It's been my um, pleasure. Thank you. Haw- Hawks and four. This will be my final. So you have no, you have no, uh, you have no comebacks here. Hawks and four. Joel Oof. Embiid will be a a, a three-time MVP <laughs> soon, and uh, I will talk to you soon. All right, Oscar.
1: All right, man. Have a hey, good take night. Take care. Thank you. Get
0: some sleep. All right. All right, peace out. Thank you.
1: See ya.